Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Trina Sarekia is a sought-after trauma-informed, transformational, self-mastery, and resilience coach in the entrepreneurial and executive leadership space. She is known for helping high-performing entrepreneurial leaders regulate their nervous system, increase their emotional intelligence, and prime themselves for flow. Along the way, they reveal subconscious limitations and elevate their leadership from the inside out. When they do, they find their wealth grows, relationships deepen, and their lives feel even more purposeful and fulfilling. Trina is also the founder of the Coaching Business Summit and the host of the Field Guide to Awesome podcast. Welcome, Trina. We are so excited to have you with us today on the She's Invincible podcast. Cami, I am so excited to be here. Oh my Thank gosh. you for having me. I know, girl. <laughs> We go back, right? Like we did this together. What a fun, fun journey it's been that we went to podcast school together. Can you believe yeah. it was over two and a half years ago? I So hard to believe. It feels like forever <laughs> and yet you like yesterday. I know. I love that too, because so much fun, but you know, it's true. BFFs are made in podcast school, aren't they? And I they just, certainly are. I just love that. And I love how we have uh, just celebrated and encouraged and supported each other along the way. And it just gives me great honor to be able to have you here today on that side of the microphone where we can talk all about you and share you with our listeners. So, oh my gosh, let's get started. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Oh gosh, there are so many different ways. It feels like I've evolved. You know, there were the, I started out being into invincible just by being a feral Gen Xer <laughs> back in the day and having to do everything myself. And um, then I learned emotional intelligence. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. Sorry for this awkward part. <laughs> I know you can edit this. Um, yeah. So you know, I've never really thought of myself inv as invincible, but I thought of myself as be not being a quitter, um, someone who doesn't stop and have like a different understanding of what failure means to me. Um, and it's kind of how I learned computers early in the day. You keep pushing buttons, breaking stuff, and then learning how to fix it. And that's sort of how I've approached uh, my life is just adventuring, trying things, find following what catches my interest. I love it. So tell us where you started. So you mentioned this computer thing. So uh, tell us how you started in the business world. In the business world? Well, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Um, however, they were mostly male entrepreneurs and all of the women in the family had little entrepreneurial side gigs, but they weren't really given the support that the males were. And so it, I'm sure you've read the book or you've heard the, the book. It didn't start with you. Sure. Right? 
And so I grew up watching the females in my family start these entrepreneurial gigs, yet struggle. All right. And they just, they weren't as successful as they wanted to be. And um, that was quite a challenge. But I, I saw, I didn't realize how that would affect me later on in my entrepreneurial journey. So I fall, fell into creating little entrepreneurial side gigs. Um, I'd clean apartments. Um, I started, I got into massage therapy. I took a weekend workshop in massage therapy. And I said, you mean I can get, do this and get paid? I love this. And so I did that for many years um, until I had a disc rupture in my neck between C4 and C5. And so that caused like an identity crisis. And I had to learn how to do other things. Um, I had to relearn my value as a human being because I had fully self-identified as trained as a massage therapist. And so from there, um, let's see, massage therapy. I built parts of the electronic medical record for uh, hospital organizations across the country. Um, then I got into copywriting for the healthcare um, industry. And it was during the copywriting journey that I was networking with a coach. And I was curious about what this co coaching thing was. Um, because um, just a year or so earlier, I'd gone, uh, I'd took a, taken a, um, a sabbatical. And I went backpacking for six months through Europe and Southeast Asia. And during that time, I'd been following a lot of location independent people. And a lot of them were coaches. And I was like, well, what's this coaching thing? I couldn't really figure it out. I come from the generation that like, you know, they didn't really understand what coaching was at first. And so skip ahead a couple of years, I was networking with this coach and I picked her brain. I invited her to coffee and I said, well, what is it that you do? And she was describing it. And I do that. I do that. I do that. I do that. Oh my God. Apparently I'm a coach. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to school to be a coach. Um, and I learned how, what I, um, did naturally inherently worked. I knew, learned why it worked. Um, and that brought me to where I am today. I love that. And you know, what's so cool is what I just got out of that journey was like, you, you wanted the lifestyle, right? So you wanted to be location yes. independent. Yes. Uh, and so you were really searching for the lifestyle and it was the lifestyle of this coaches, the entrepreneurs that was attract that, you know, attracted you, which I think is so cool. Uh, and then here you are killing it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Here, yeah. So I want to ask you this one question because I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what was it that, that prompted you or really inspired you to start a podcast? I'd always wanted to have one, but I wasn't quite sure what it was about, what it would have been about. Um, and I think I felt like I needed to share my message um, I also wanted to interview really successful individuals who are entrepreneurs, who are leaders, and find out what made them tick, because I didn't have that when I was growing up. You know, the men did not talk to the women. <laughs> <laughs> and so I needed people that I admired that I could talk to and find out, like, what made them tick. And I think like a lot of other entrepreneurs early on, I got caught up in the um, strategy and the how to do things, right? The techniques, the um, technology, right? The systems. And I, it turns out that it's not those things. I mean, they help. They give the stru structure to your business, but those aren't the things that help people become like super successful, like con continuous ongoing success. Um, it was the mindset. It was the emotional intelligence. It was managing their nervous system. All of those things 
were the aspects that allowed them to be continuously successful and not chasing success for a lack of self-worth or to prove themselves valuable. It was success because they, they wanted to offer more. They wanted to serve more people. Um, and it's also where I learned the concept, um, it, not so much in these words, but I put the words around them, but it's like the, becoming an exponential multiplier of massive positive impact. You know, it's not it. just what you do for yourself. It's how you, um, how many clients lives that you touch and the lives that those clients touch and it branches out like a tree exponentially. Sure. And it's a huge impact, such a ripple effect, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, this is so good because I think you just paved the way. So today I, I need to share one more thing okay. because I, um, because this was super powerful for me too. Um, it's a story um, real quick about uh, Arsenio Hall. When he um, had his super popular television show, people were just begging and dying to be on his show. And everybody picked up the phone when he called, right? Sure. And then his show ended. And nobody would take a call from him. And it was such a, a blow to him, but he was thinking about why that was. And it was because when he had a show, he had a platform. And so that's basically why I started my podcast. So I would have a platform so that people could talk about themselves so that I could have the conversations with people that I really want to talk to. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, now we're going to jump into our topic today, which is leveling up your life and business without sacrificing either. So I don't know about these listeners here, but I got to tell you, I have yet to figure this out. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. And it's so fun that we are had already started the conversation before we hit record. And it was like, ah. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's pick that back up because I think this is so important. And especially I think for women, because women, the, uh, everything changed for women when the pandemic hit, like they had mm. jobs, they went to them, their kids went to school, they had it all worked out. It was a well-oiled machine. And then all of a sudden the job shut down. Nobody could leave. The kids couldn't go to school. The spouses came home. They were sharing workspace, homeschooling kids, fighting for Zoom time, you know, oh, it just turned everything upside down. So, you know, then we moved into this. Oh, my gosh, I've never been busier than ever. Right. Right. We right. I feel like we found uh, this part of that came from the pandemic that was good. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't need to get dressed up and drive an hour and a half in traffic to go to my office. I can walk down the hallway and and spend that hour and a half actually doing productive work. Uh, things like that, that we felt are really, you know, good and more productive. But then there was the other thing where everything doubled and tripled. We not only were doing the job, but then we were distracted by the things in the home and then adding the kids and the spouse and all yeah. those things. So let's dive in and talk about this whole thing about how in the world can you level up on in all areas and not sacrifice? Well, I think it became more apparent during the pandemic, during quarantine, because um, patterns were disrupted, right? So all of a sudden there, was, there were new distractions. It doesn't matter what the distractions were, not that there were the children and the family and um, different responsibilities when you were normally supposed to be working. It's just that they were disruptions. And so that calls, uh, calls attention to the situation. It calls attention to the challenges. And, um, and I think one of the w things that we don't notice is that we tend to get wound up in the our tasks of every day whatever they are for our business and we get used to the grinding and we we don't always notice how tired we are 
right? We don't notice that we're um, sacrificing time with family because we need to get this next project done or this next offer out. And, um, and I think too, the distractions that were happening before the um, pandemic had to do with um, subconscious distractions, like subconscious worries, like, am I being there for my family? Am I um, building a strong enough relationship with my spouse? Right. And now in the pandemic, they're all in our faces and we're seeing how our relationships are with our kids. We're seeing how our relationships are with our spouses. Um, and so I think that's how we become more aware of that. So what are some of the things that you can do to, you know, to, to move into this place of like, yes, I, I, I can actually level up. I can achieve more. Uh, so what are some of the things that are the most important things that you need to be doing while you're doing that to make sure you're not sacrificing? I think becoming more self-aware is a big step. Um, and that's not saying that uh, we aren't already self-aware, but self-awareness without acceptance, without continuously taking new choices is a form of self-torture because you're aware of it and you're focusing on it, but you're not doing anything about it to change it. And part, partly that is you don't know what to do to change it when you see those challenges. You feel overwhelmed. Um, I know I have in the past. And one of the things that have helped me and that continues to help my clients is using that self-awareness of what you're feeling physically, what you're feeling emotionally, and the thoughts that are going through your head. Not so much about the situations outside, but your response to those situations outside of you. And the more aware you become of them, that gives you choices, right? You can choose to fight them, to deny them, right? Or you can choose to accept them. And acceptance, um, by what I mean by acceptance, it's not, okay, I guess this is what it is and I'm going to suffer. No, <laughs> it's taking the judgment and the stories out of it. Um, so for example, if money is a challenge and you say, oh my God, my bank account, um, only has this amount of money. I don't know where the rest of the money is coming from. I'm going to die. My bills are going to avalanche on me. What, what am I going to feed my children? <laughs> you know, so catastrophizing instead of catastrophizing it, say, this is my bank account. This is the amount of money I have without the emotional attachment. And that's hard, especially with money, with anything that causes fear. Yeah, right? that's yeah. money is a, a big, big trigger for insecurities, right? Things come yes. up. That is like, I see that show up in so many places of like, you know, and it's, I believe that it starts how we're raised and then it just, we, our own experiences make it even worse. So, well, let's pick up where we were in uh just to give some reference here let's pick up where we were where you and i were having a conversation about me and i think this is such a good just rich conversation of how you help your clients so i think this will be such a great example to let them be a little bug on the wall so i was saying to you that what i struggle with is that i only want to work three days a week mm. And that I pack my schedule and it could be a 14 or 16 hour day, but it's only three days. So I do that for three days. Then I kill myself over it because at the end of three days, I'm dead. But I love to see those other four days that have nothing on the schedule, even though I couldn't do anything anyway, because those three days wipe me out. But I just love that I'm not working every single day. So let's pick up where we talked about that. And you were talking about trust. Yes. Let's trust. Go there. And first of all, I want to congratulate you on being very clear about your CEO schedule. Yes. Thank you. 
Yeah, because that is huge. Um, too many others, they're working 24-7, seven days a week. Um, and you have identified you just want to work three days a week, but you're working 16-hour days and you're exhausted. Yeah. And you're, then you fall into what I like to call radical recovery on the rest of the, on your days off. Yes. And that's what we need to talk about is this radical recovery, because this is not good. Uh, The reason why I want to have four days off is not so I can recover from the three. Right. So I can have some fun and do some other things besides work and things that bring me joy and have that balance that we talk about. Right. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of the suggestions uh, for people that are feeling that way. But because like my story is three days, but there are other people that work that way five or six days a week. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. yeah, So let's let's talk about that. And how can they manage that so they can get their work done and still have the life as as we talk about here with leveling up and not making that sacrifice? Yeah, because what's happening is you're um, a business minded woman. You're doing your thing. Right. And how are you taking care of yourself outside of work? How are you feeding into your soul, into your um, physical energy outside of work? And what I'm talking about here is radical self-care. Radical self-care is doing all of the things that may not be fun. It's not going to the spa, right? It's not getting a massage. It's not, um, you know, getting your nails done right? Radical self-care is going to sleep at the right time for you every night, waking up in the morning at the right time for you every day when you've had enough sleep, whether that's six hours, seven hours, eight hours, nine hours, right? Whatever you need for your body. It's fitting in daily meditation, daily movement. Like now, and it almost sounds like a, a cliche. I, I sometimes I feel awkward when I mention all of these things because we've seen this all before. This is nothing that we aren't familiar with, right? Just like get right. more exercise. It's like, yeah, but when? It's like, well, <laughs> you know, if you've got 15, everybody has five, 10, 15 minutes. So they can fit something in. Sure. Right. You know, it's eating well, eating healthy, you know, and, and we also talked about how, you know, how do you get everything done? How do you, um, trust that if you put in five hours, that it would be enough, right? So Cammy, what would be like a um, ideal amount of time to spend on your business on um, amount of hours. Let's put it that way on each of the three days that you work. So I, if I had to say what I feel like the, the right amount of hours would be, I, I still feel like, you know, for what my, my goals are for the growth of my business that I should still be putting in full-time hours. So, which I think is what has me where I am is because when you divide, you know, 40 to 60 hours by three, you get 16 hour days. Right. Uh, And so I think like, that's the part is my thinking is off and I need to, to go back and re look at that as to maybe it doesn't need to be 40 to 60 hours to grow your business. Maybe you can do it in 20 or 25. There are many entrepreneurs out there that have proven that, Um, you know, and two, if you're just getting your business off the ground or you're in the early years of starting your business, yeah, it does take a little more time. Um, But even then, uh, how much time do you waste during the day? How, How often do you find yourself being busy, 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 but not making the amount of progress that you think you should be making for the amount of work and time that you're putting in? You know, you're going to laugh at this, but I don't really feel like that 
because my time is so scheduled. The problem is I have yeah. so many appointments one after the other. I can't get a drink. I can't use the restroom. I can't like that's where it suffers Like that. I feel like I'm overworked because I'm like, mm -hmm. wait, these are basic needs <laughs> and I need to schedule them into my calendar. Like, yeah, you, you deserve to be able to go to the bathroom <laughs> right. if you got to go. You right. deserve to eat food so that you have energy so that you can show up like the queen CEO you are. There you at go. At each meeting that right? you attend. Right. So, and I love what you said about, um, you know, handing it off. Right. So yeah. I think we need to go there. Let's talk about that because I think that's so helpful, especially to women, because we all feel like nobody can pack the kids lunches. Like I can nobody, you know, yeah. nobody can clean a toilet like me. Right. Uh, so there's so many things that we feel we have to be the one to do. And that's just not even the work part yet. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you, what you see and, and that's working with your clients when it comes to those things as well. Um, one of the things that I see working is, um, hiring out tasks that don't require your zone of genius. Now zone of genius is where you're making money, where you're serving at your highest and best and where you are in demand, right? Where only sure. you can do that work. And perhaps hiring someone for a few hours to do your laundry using a laundry service. Um, having somebody come in to clean your house once a week. Using a food service. All right. I mean, if, if there was one task that you could give up happily... One household task. What would that be, Cammy? All of them. All of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't want to do that. Like because yeah. I just want to do the work because I love doing the work. Right. So, so let's talk about what about the work is. You know, if you are looking at this whole entrepreneurial responsibility here, what would you say is the best first step for hiring out some of that work? I think partly it's knowing it's about the, it's not about the how it's about the who, so it doesn't have to be you. Um, but a big step that female entre entrepreneurs need to take is trust, right? It's trusting that the person that you bring on will care as much about your business as you do. And that's hard. That that's, I think one of the biggest barriers to, women entrepreneurs is trusting is like the search of finding the right person for the right job. And it doesn't have to be full-time. It can be part-time. You can just bring somebody in for specific tasks for limited amount of hours. There are really great, um, uh, VA services out there. Um, some not so expensive as well. Um, but it, the biggest leap is trusting that the person that you bring in and setting up that person for success. And sometimes that feels like such a daunting, overwhelming task. However, once you set that up and your VA or the person who is um, editing your podcasts or who is posting on your social media for you, once they're running, all of a sudden you have so much more free time. Yeah. And another um, bonus task um, or way to make things easier is batching your work. So spending a day getting your social media ready for the next month or the next three months and setting that up. Mm, that's you know, interesting. That is just ready to go because you, you just, you can set up um, reminders within um, different services like Hootsuite or um, Later, or there's a number of them out there. And even if you're just getting started, you don't want to pay, I don't want to pay for another service. Some of them have like free limited. So you can test it out to see how much it, it serves you, how much it takes off your plate. 
that's a great idea right there because then you test it and then you feel that freedom and then it does then it becomes priceless right you start out saying i don't want to take on another payment and then you're like i'll give you double (laughs) yeah 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 because it's entirely worth it because i mean you know how much is your time worth you know and how much is this service and you know would it be worth your time just to pay for the service because you're bringing in double triple quadruple 100 times as much as what that service costs. Right. You know, and let's go back to this um, radical self-care because when you brought it up, I was thinking, oh, I'm great. I do good at that. I get a massage every two weeks. I go to breath work every week, right? I have meditations I do when I go to bed. Yeah. So when you were like, no, no, no. Like, I'm like, I just got my hair done. I'm gonna, you know, get my nails done next week. I'm like, oh no, that doesn't count. I'm well, doing you know, all the it wrong counts thing. a little bit. It counts <laughs> a little bit because like how do you feel when you get your hair done? Yeah. I know I feel great. Sure. How do you feel when you get a massage? I feel great. But how long does that last? Right. Right. It doesn't last. Yeah. It, it lasts in it, between, right? For a little it lasts in between. In between. And yeah. so the things that count as radical self-care are the things that you do every day that keep your energy up. Well, and you totally called me out. Like you, when you said it, the first thing you said is go to bed, right? Like I, I could be up until two o'clock in the morning. I know we've had conversations (laughs) until 2 a.m. I know, I know I can just keep going. Like I just, I just get a second wind and I don't have to stop. And so I'm thinking, oh, I, you put this in perspective for me because now I know, like I can say to myself, it's midnight and you are not practicing radical self-care go to bed, right? Like just yell, yell at yourself. But, and you know, and then there's that trickle down effect, right? So you stay up till two and now you can't get up in the morning. So again, yeah. yeah, So you're not rested. So like, I'm so guilty of those things. And I'm not saying it's easy no, because I am, I am training myself and it takes time to change my circadian rhythm. Sure. Because I would go to sleep at three, wake up, um, six hours later or whatever time I'd go to sleep, I, my body automatically woke up at six hours. And I was finding that I wasn't waking up um, super relaxed. I would wake up with a little bit of panic. Right. And that happened a few mornings and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> this is not tolerable. And so what that means is that I need to go to sleep earlier, which means I have to turn off social, which means I have to, I, I can't watch one more episode when you think, oh, just one more episode. Damn Netflix, where it just like automatically re-ups the next episode. Eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, going to sleep when your first wave of being tired hits because we always have a second wind. Right. And yeah. that's partially a survival response and an evolutionary survival response. And so I know for myself, like um, between eight and nine is when my first, um, wave of sleepiness hits and it's like hard sleepiness. If I, and I like push myself through cause I'm it's too early to go to bed. It's too early to go to bed. And then as soon as that wave passes without, uh, every single time, also all of a sudden three hours go by. And it's midnight. And I'm like, how did that happen? Happens I to me every night, honestly, yes. every yes. night. And then I'm like, okay, that's it. You got to go to bed. And then it's one o'clock and I'm like, oh, but I can't stop now. I'm deleting some of these, you know, 30,000 emails yeah. in my email box because I keep getting a message saying, uh, you can't get any more emails because your box yeah. is full. <laughs> so I'm beating the clock trying to delete them so I can get more emails tomorrow. Yes, it's ridiculous. We need to get a handle on this. This is crazy. Yeah, and the um, one of the ways that I've been doing it um, is I set challenges for myself. And so I meet a friend at the gym at 530 in the morning. That's ungodly early. But I chose 530 in the morning, early morning gym, because when I roll out of bed, I'm still half asleep. I get dressed, grab my water, 
and I'm out to the gym and I'm not fully woken up until I'm already there. And since I'm there, I might as well work out. That's so smart. (laughs) Because I know myself, it will not happen later in the day. Yeah, I'm not one to work out. It will not for me unless I'm doing um, some yoga or some breath work or something to like calm my energy down so that I can fall asleep. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about breath work because you just brought that up. So I love your breath work sessions and I tell everybody that I talk to, this is what keeps me alive. So let's talk a little bit about that. Share with us about this breath work, why it's important and, um, and how people can, you know, find out more about that because I swear by it. I truly believe that's why I'm alive. Well, one of the things that um, I work on with my clients is um, getting into flow. Um, And with the breath work, one of the biggest barriers to breath work, I mean, to flow is fear. Um, And fear is one of the biggest things that hold us back, even if it's subconscious. Um, Fear, it's our limiting beliefs, like the um, crap talking, uh, mental dumpster fires in our head you know, telling us we're not worthy, we're not enough, we can't do this yet. And I'd always incorporated breath work into my coaching and the stuff that I did. Um, But it wasn't until I um, experienced and then uh, got trained in this um, new type of breath work that I found something that really quieted the inner critic. It stopped the inner stories. Um, And I also found that it calmed my nervous system down, which was huge. You I know, love it. it. Yeah. And, it, and so for it, me, it that's brings what it clarity. Does. It brings clarity. Yes. I've had people heal um, or start the healing process through grief. I've had people um, feel physical pain leave their bodies during it. I don't make any guarantees. Everybody's experience is different. Sure. Um, and this breath work, it's, it's not the om, easeful, breathe in, breathe out. This is more like a spin class for breath. You are breathing the entire time. Um, and I'm speaking into your ears. I'm talking to you the whole time. I'm motivating you the whole time. Um, and it's open mouth breathing um, with a deep breath into the belly, top it off into your chest and let it fall out. All of the work is done on the inhales and you relax on the exhales. And then there's a period of breath holds. Um, People have found that they've um, see colors during the breath holds, um, that they design entire programs and offerings during the breath work. Um, They, well, tell me about your experiences, Cammie. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, it gives me energy. So yeah. yeah, So like, I remember we were start, we used to do it in the morning or early afternoon, and then we start doing it later in the day. Uh, It gives me so much energy that I have to do it in the morning. Otherwise I can't sleep at night. Right. So, cause I'm just wound up. Uh, It gives me clarity you know, with all that I do, as you know, we talk about these like three days of crazy schedule, I have so much clarity, I actually can think clear and strategize and plan and organize, which is so difficult for me. But after my breath work, I'm able to do that. And it's not just like that day, it lasts for days. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing I would say about it is it reminds me of everything that I need to be reminded of because everything slipped my mind so easily because there's so much on my mind that it can't even hold it all. Uh, But during the breath work where you were saying like some people see colors or they, you know, or they plan whole businesses like in that is like my reminder that all these things come to mind to me. And remind me, like, don't forget this. Don't forget. And that, I think, is where the clarity comes in because it makes me efficient. Like, when I'm done, I can go back and be like, okay, I've got to do all these things uh, and I can't forget. And then there was one other thing I was going to mention about it. Um, 
It's energy, clarity. Uh, it just keeps me on top of my game all yeah. the time. Oh, and then the last thing is it helps me create my future. Uh, you know, during the breath holds where we talk about different times and different moments and moments that have happened, it, it helps me be grateful for what the life I've already lived, but it also forces me. And I say forces me because I don't willingly just sit down and do this. And I know I should, but I don't. So it forces me to actually look into the future of what I want to create, the stories that I want to tell in the future. And it helps me to visualize those stories in those moments. And it's so amazing because all of that happens in 45 minutes, yeah. right? Like it's like... Yeah. It's like, boom, boom, boom. And I come out of that and I'm, I'm dizzy. Like one thing I did was I, I had breath work and then I was going to meet a friend for lunch and I went to jump in the car. I and remember I was you telling me that. Literally oh. dizzy. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's not good. So like it no, really that's does. that's why I tell people, you know, <laughs> give yourself a few minutes to come down because what you are <laughs> literally high. What do you say? Don't, don't call any past loves don't call your exes. don't text any exes don't text any exes i got that from um the the gentleman who taught me this um yeah. and that's the truth right because yeah. you really don't have you're not to your normal senses you're really in this and your heart and is wide open yes. your heart is wide open there are no filters for a yes. period of time yes um all of this is based on neuroanatomy it's how our brains work that's right. amazing. And it's, it's true. And like you said, like uh, there've been other people on and everyone has their own experience. And I love that, but it's, you know, I also love, cause I'm really private. Uh, so like, of course I would always want private things, but I, you can't even tell that there's anybody there. So, yeah. yeah so it, I still feel like it's private, even when there's other people there yeah. because you're doing it in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. You're, you're resting on a flat surface. Yeah. You're laying down, your eyes are closed. Everybody else is muted. I'm the only one who can see. And one of the reasons that I like to have my clients on video as they're breathing is just so that I can coach them through the process. I can see if they're having a difficult time, right? Yeah, I can sure. encourage them. I can say, Cammy, deep breath into the belly, deeper, top it off into the chest and just release, relax the exhale. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. And just to our listeners, oh my gosh, you've got to reach out to Trina. All the information is in the show notes. But Trina, let's go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Facebook, my profile. I post most of my stuff on my profile. Yep. And trinasarekia.com. I love it. Awesome. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Oh, I love, I just I already feel so relaxed just having the conversation about it. So, and I've been sick, obviously the listeners don't know that, but I've been sick. And so I missed two breathwork sessions and I can tell you that I feel that and that I can't live without it. So we got to figure yeah. this out. But um, I'm just so excited to have you here and to just hear a little bit. This is just a little bit about how you're helping your clients to be able to show up as the best version of themselves and be, you know, go for their dreams and have what it takes. Uh, you know, yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, I love it too. You know, it's regularly, I have my clients come to me like at, at the next session and they say, Trina, I, I didn't worry at all about my business. I put in my hours. I knew it was going to be there and I got to have fun. I got to spend time with my family. I got to do this event and it was so much fun. I didn't know this was possible. And do you know what's really cool is I think in this breathwork exercise that you learn to trust yourself. Right. Mm. Because at yeah. some point you're like just breathing. You have no clue. You have no you're just like breathe, breathe, breathe. Uh, and, you know, and then you go into these hold patterns and you really have to trust yourself that like you can hold your breath and you're not going to die. And then you prove yeah. it to yourself. Right. Yeah. And you're teaching your nervous system to trust you. And and 
throughout the process, I'm saying, take a deep breath, let it and let it out. I'm guiding you through the process. I'm setting the rhythm. I'm setting the pace. But guess what? This is your breath. You get to decide. Are you going to breathe? Are you going to participate? What is your pace going to be? It can be whatever you want. How long are you going to hold your breath? You get to decide. I'm just there to support you. Well, I'm crazy because I'm always trying to do it more. So like, I'm like trying to outbeat my best. (laughs) That's me too. Because the, the more you breathe, the more air you take into your body, the more you're supporting your body. Yeah. I feel like I'm always pushing the limit. Like I know I can hold longer one day. I'm just going to (laughs) die. You're not going to die. I'll have suffocated myself. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, if you held your breath, Maybe you'd pass out, but you'd wake back up again. Your body is designed to breathe from the moment you're born. That's true. <laughs> Good it's point. designed to breathe. You, you may be dizzy because we're not used to bringing in all that extra oxygen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so fun. This, what a great yeah. conversation. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have we would love for you to join us we're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius it's going to be amazing so and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh people that could be potential guests for you on your show come on out what a great way to get exposure be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, Consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we're going to spotlight their zone of genius. And you did that so well today. You gave so much information. Uh, This is like a survival guide here for it is for really for what you are capable of doing. And if you just get these things right, this, as Trina says, this radical self-care which is not massages and nails and hair, guys. Uh, but if you get it right, uh, you can step into this, this up-leveling without sacrificing. And I just love it. 
but we're not done. So don't go away because we're about to pull back the curtain because we also promise our listeners that while we're featuring these fierce female entrepreneurs, that we're going to pull back the curtain. See, people look at you and they think, oh, she's so smart and she's so successful and she knows everything about everything. And, you know, they have no idea the price you paid for the success that you enjoy today. Mm. And so what we love to do is pull back the curtain and share a little bit of your journey, the authentic truth about what the price is that you had to pay to get where you are today. Are you ready? We're going to tell some stories. I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. So our first story is going to be about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. So give us a quick story about that. Well, I think the greatest, I took a mini retirement or sabbatical. Um, I mentioned a little bit about this perhaps a little earlier, um, but I Stopped taking consulting gigs back in the day. This is before I understood what consulting was. I mean, what coaching was. And I traveled for six months. I backpacked through Europe and Southeast Asia. I lived for a month um, in Paris. I lived for a month in Florence and traveled around in between. And then when I got to Southeast Asia, I lived for a month in Thailand and a month in Bali and traveled around to Singapore, Hong Kong, Siem Reap, Cambodia, and Tokyo, Japan. And that was six months of backpacking. I had just had a backpack. I traveled very, very light. Um, and I thought during that period of time, I was going to figure out what my next step was after consulting, because I knew I was pretty much done with the consulting. And um, I didn't figure out what my next step was. I, but I did get the opportunity to really experience what deep presence felt like. I was deeply present in every moment and I learned the, the courage and the self-trust to know that I would be safe in whatever situation I was in. Cause I would only plan like a step or two ahead. I had my ticket there and then I planned a step or two ahead and um, so that, that, that confidence, that self-trust um, and knowing myself better and how I reacted in every um, situation, even when I was uncomfortable, was the basis of um, where I started, ended up taking my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was such an amazing opportunity to travel. Then I came back and wrote for eight months um, and experienced what it was like to do nothing, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is yeah. a great story. That is really a great part of a journey. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, and, and fully informed what I do as a coach and I would not be where I am today without that experience. Mm, love that. All right. Well, that was fun. Now we have to tell a story about the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Um, When we're talking about entrepreneurship, I really had to learn um, not not the mechanics of the business, um, but how to be in business. Um, And it was about... um, And I had never learned that. Um, And so it was like the process of being very self-aware of who I was. There was nothing that, um, no immediate situation that happened, but it was like the, um, the combination of how I grew up and my inner drama that really held me back in business not knowing what my next step was, um, not trusting myself, thinking, can I do this? Who am I to do this? Um, and dealing with depression. You know, I grew up in a family where most of the women had depression and we didn't talk about what depression was back in the seventies. No. Right. It wasn't, you know, you just, so you're sad. Well, just be happy. Right. And in you'll fact, be happy I remember, again. yeah, you'll get over I, it. Yeah. You'll get over it or don't be sad. Just don't be sad. And, you know, as a kid, as a young person, and even as an adult still trying to figure out, 
how do I not be sad? Because that was my experience, mm. you know? And so learning to self-validate, saying it, what I'm feeling is valid for all the reasons that, you know, where I am in life and um, the lack of family support and feeling a sense of ab abandonment, right? Sure. And then um, I think it was the turning point was really back in 1994 when I had been um, on my very first long trip. I was backpacking through Great Britain for a couple of months on about um, $2,000. <laughs> if you can believe that. This was before cell phones, before computers. Um, and I had been traveling for about a month and I had gotten to the northernmost point in Great Britain. It's the Isle of Unst in the Shetland archipelago. And I made a collect call home. And my grandfather, and this, I hadn't talked to anyone from home for a month. My grandfather answers the phone. The operator says, will you accept this collect call? And he says, eh, we don't want any. My grandfather was deaf. I don't know why he picked up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hung up. And so it was at that point where um, I was immediately shocked, most immediate. And then all of a sudden I felt this wave of freedom flow through me. And it was at that point, all of a sudden I knew that I was going to be okay in any situation that I didn't need validation from someone saying, oh, good job traveling alone. Good job be, you know, staying safe. Good job surviving. I could give that um, validation to myself. Yeah. And I knew, I knew I'd be safe in any situation. Wow. Oh, all right. Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa. He's the one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. So let's go ugly. So tell us a story about the ugly part of your journey. So this was, um, I'd been a massage therapist. I started massage therapy in 1997. Um, and it was about that time I was rear-ended. And so I didn't think much about it. I'm pretty stoic. I can handle a lot of pain. You just don't talk about it and you manage it, right? And so it was about three years later, I was getting a massage myself and it was um, time to roll over on the table. It was a mere act of rolling over when I um, felt this incredible, immense, all-encompassing pain that had me screaming and crying on the table. I traumatized my poor massage therapist and I embarrassed myself terribly. And in fact, I never spoke to him. I hope I didn't um, damage him forever with that experience because it was pretty horrible. I don't remember getting home, um, but I remember only being able to lay there and sort of like whimper and not move like in a certain position. And so I um, fall asleep. The next morning I wake up, I'm used to the pain, right? I get up out of bed and I go to take a shower to wash my hair. I put one hand up and the other hand doesn't come up. My right arm was hanging like a hunk of meat by the side of my body. And so, yes, my right arm was paralyzed. And so when I that was horrifying. <laughs> so I call the doctor. <laughs> I get an MRI on a Friday night. Don't hear anything all weekend. Must be, must not be anything. Cause usually if there's something, they'll call you. And so Monday morning, bright and early, I call and say, Hey, look, there, I'm in an incredible amounts of pain. I had an MRI must not have been anything, but something has to happen. And so the nurse says, okay, I'll talk to your doctor. 20 minutes later, the doctor calls me back, has me pre-registered for surgery the next morning says, um, do I need to I have you pre-registered for surgery the next morning? Um, do I need to send an ambulance? You need to come to the hospital now. Oh my because gosh. It was a disc rupture between, um, the cervical vertebrae C4 and C5. And if any of that went, got any worse, I would be paralyzed from the neck down. I think basically at that level, I'd just be able to breathe. Right. 
And so thank goodness, you know, it, it is a blessing too, because it happened so quickly. I did not have time to think about such a major surgery. Sure. Right. But I go in, I have the surgery. And then the next day, um, my arm works again and I'm in the process of recovery. So that's just the physical stuff, right? There was severe emotional, like I had fully self-identified as Trina, the massage therapist. That was who I was. That was what I did. That was how people knew me. That was how I found my um, self-value, right? And all of a sudden I couldn't do that anymore as extensively as I wanted to. Right. And I knew I had to find another job that actually had benefits just to get me through this period of time. But I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. And so I started throwing a whole bunch of stuff against the wall to see what stuck. I looked into nursing and then I thought, Oh no, nursing requires math. And I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I got, um, got trained in phlebotomy. And um, then I found out how much they got paid at the time. It was $7 an hour and there was a risk of finger stick. And there was a whole bunch of problems with bloodboard pathogens, right? I wasn't going to risk my life for $7 an hour. Um, so after that, I learned double check how much the income possibility is before you get trained in something. <laughs> um, um, And so throughout all of that experience, I had to relearn my own value of who I was as a human being, that I didn't need to be, do, or have anything else. I was inherently valuable. And that took a lot to learn for myself. Um, But it was um, during that time that um, I also had gotten trained to be a hypnotherapist. And one of the um, techniques that I learned was writing a contract with the universe for five years. And that's a longer form of writing, you know, a letter to your ideal future self in three months, right? Mm -hmm. I had done the three month thing, but I had too much attachment to like, I was trying to make things too concrete in the three month period. And I think people, there's the whole saying of people overestimate what they can get done in a short amount of time and underestimate what they can get done in a large amount of time. And that proved it to be true for myself. So I wrote a contract with the universe in five years. I promised the universe I will experience. And I went through this whole process of everything I wanted to do, feel, experience. Right. Um, and it was like pages and pages and pages. And I really dove into the sensory experience of that for myself. Then I folded it up into a little rectangle and put it away someplace safe, which meant I lost it. <laughs> All right. It does. And so this was in 2003 that I did this in um, 2012, which, you know, what, how many years is, is that? That's about um, nine years. Right. I was home from consulting sitting on the floor doing some clutter clearing. And I find this little high school folded note with the little edge tucked under. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And I open it up. I read it. I'm shocked. I'm like overwhelmed. And I start ugly crying. And I tell this story a little bit at the beginning of my podcast. I mean, I'm not a pretty crier. But they weren't sad tears. They were tears of joy, of excitement, of a like amazement about myself because I had accomplished everything in that, even though it was nine years later, everything on that list I had accomplished in less than five years. Wow. That's amazing. And on that list was quintupling my, um, like making a certain amount of money, which seemed magical because at the time I was making under 20,000. Wow. Right. And so I ended up quintupling my income um, being paid to travel, being trade to, uh, paid to live in hotels. I was working with amazing people. I was happy. I had no debt. My car was paid off. My mortgage was paid off. And I had an incredible nest egg, right? I was never worried about, like, I didn't worry so much about looking at the price tags of things, right? Well, Which a great is place a huge thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a great place, the freedom of that. 
Yeah. And so I, it, it was so amazing, overwhelming and joyful. And then I sat there, if I could do that much in this short amount of time, what else could I do? And the possibilities just exploded of all of the things that I could do. And that led to me really reexamining my values, the things that were most important to me and taking a look at my current at the time career as a consultant and seeing where my values were not being honored. Right. My values of freedom, connection, um, alignment and satisfaction were not being honored. My financial value was being honored, but that was the only thing I was, everything else I had, um, was sacrificing because I was traveling all the time. Couldn't spend time with family or friends. Like Facebook was my only means of connection. And so, um, because of all of the opportunities that showed up for me, I noticed, I started looking around for things that sparkled, things that caught my attention. And that's how I was first started thinking even more wildly about location independence because I was um, a consultant, which meant I traveled. I would fly out um, on a Sunday, fly home on a Thursday and have Friday and Saturday off. And then I'd fly out to my um, uh, client again. So I love the traveling life. Um, But now I wanted to be really free with a travel. And so I started reading a lot of travel blogs and there were these people who call themselves coaches and I had no idea what that was, but I loved the, the traveling and the being free to work from anywhere. And so that's how I came up with the, um, the plan to stop taking contracts and to travel long-term solo and slow. I love it. That is yeah. an amazing story. And what a beautiful wrap up to go full circle here about how you got where you are, what makes you invincible and oh my gosh, these stories are amazing and such an inspiration to anyone who is out there right now on the grind, right? Yeah. Uh, and it surely uh, positions you as an expert based on the fact that you have actually gone through this journey yourself, which yeah. I love that. And I ask a lot of times, what, why should I listen to you? What makes you credible, right? And, um, and I really feel like that journey and those stories are the thing. So thank you so much, Trina, for being with us. Thank you for being courageous to not only live the story, but to come back and tell it to the world, because that that sometimes takes more courage. Right. Um, But to our listeners, you know, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but you heard about Trina's journey. And so wherever you are, just know, like, even if you're face down on the ground, you can get back up right now. Like it is a choice. You just need to say, get back up, girl. Right. So tell them, yeah. Trina, tell them, get back up, get back up. That's it. That's all it takes. You just, the first thing is just make the decision to get back up and then just climb your way back up. And you and can remember do- to take care of yourself. Yes. Along the way. Right. And just Eat know- when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I need to practice that. But wherever you are, seriously, if you're face down on the ground, just get back up. You can do anything. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.